1: This is the Naked Gaming Podcast with Chris Barrow. Now, this episode, we're focusing on one of the coolest new games that I've played in quite some time, probably this year, actually, called Sea of Stars. Now, it's a turn-based RPG inspired by games like Final Fantasy, Zelda, Pokemon, one of my favourites, Golden Sun, which comes up in our conversation, as well as things like Illusion of Gaia, Breath of Fire and Chrono Trigger. It tells the story of two children of the solstice. They're using the power of the sun and the moon to perform eclipse magic, Uh, That's the only force capable of fending off these monsters in the game created by an evil alchemist known as the Fleshmancer. Now, these main characters are Valerie, Zale and their friend Garl, who doesn't have quite the same intensive training as Valerie and Zale. But uh, he does still hang around for them for years while they're training and then joins the party before the fun truly begins. He's very wholesome. The Internet loves him. Uh, And he's known as a warrior cook, which is a a class that I've never heard of before. But anyway, I've been speaking to the writer, director and designer of the game, Thierry Boulanger from Sabotage Studios. And he's been wanting to make this game for a very long time.
0: Uh, Well, in terms of the story, it starts from uh, it. So I've been building this fantasy world in my head since I was a kid. So elementary school was kind of like the inception there. Uh, and I was playing Solstice Warrior with my friend, and 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 she was Moon, and I was Sun, and then that kind of like always stayed. But then of course, you know, <laughs> it's not it's not a, a nine year old script. Um, <laughs> but I I still wanted to keep to keep that flavor, right? Uh, I feel like we have so many games, uh, and the idea was to make something that would be a bit lighter, uh, more of a a callback to to a certain sim- simplicity, right? Uh, and and kind of a reminder that games are just. They're really just meant to be played in the end uh, so just just play this you know and, and and not feel that you have to get like too involved about you know a whole bunch of, of consideration like how it compares to another modern title and what's it going to look like in a year <clears throat> does it still hold up or whatever so it, it the idea was for it to be in kind of this timeless place you know or, or capsule if you will and the idea was to do a a, a like a not necessarily a twist on on the things that we've seen before, but just try to do like a proper the proper classic approach, you know that done done right, if you will. Uh, but yeah, no, so so Garl absolutely was was always <laughs> was always there as a as a pillar. I think for most for a lot of people, he's he's the the true main character or the 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 true reason to to play this. Um, but yeah, no, he I think he really helps this vibe of the game feeling like a a you know, kind of like, again, a day off, like a summer vacation, you know, it's, it's really this callback to childhood of just riding your bicycle and, and things being a bit more simple. So yeah, he definitely carries a lot of that.
1: I liked the uh, uh, so one of my favorite games from my childhood was obviously um things like Zelda and Pokemon you know the Game Boy uh, mm. games but also there was a game oh, yeah. called uh, Golden Sun which I don't know if you ever mm-hmm. played but for me Yeah oh, of course that was when games started to become awesome like your character didn't just move mm. up down left and right but it could move yeah. diagonally and this opened up like a whole mm. new world of kind of movement and then the attacks yes there was the turn based combat but you had special moves and then Final yeah. Fantasy comes along. So what I, what I loved about uh, Sea of Stars is that you've got all these kind of old school uh, elements that I grew up with. But then you've got the, the timing elements of the combat. So you press a button and you get a tiny bit of boost damage. You, you can block attacks with a little press of a button as well. And it's just a little nudge. It's not, like it ma- not going to yeah. make or break your combat experience. Um, tell me a little bit about wanting to, to put that twist on the combat especially. Because for me, that kind of, it, it freshened it up and it's almost like i wish my my old games had had that now <laughs>
0: right oh great yeah well so it, it was kind of an and uh, in in terms of just designing the systems and the combat uh I, I yeah the the idea was to do sort of an all-star you know roster of, of of all these elements that like oh that was super fun over here that was great over there and for me as you know just growing up playing games and and you know tracking to the extent that we could out here the new releases I was like, what's the one that's going to have, you know, the timing, the inputs, kind of like a Paper Mario or Super Mario RPG, and that's also going to have some traversal, kind of like Golden Sun of jumping over small pits and things like that, and that also going to have the seamless in and out of battle, like Chrono Trigger, instead of taking you out of the area that you're in to to fight in an arena. Um, And so it seems to me, unless I missed it, that no game ever did all of it. Uh, and so which that, that becomes kind of put out, I want to diverge to maybe another question, but that kind of becomes sort of the mandate of modernizing the retro aesthetics, right? Which is, do we bring enough? Do we elevate enough? Do we do enough things that feel fresh while still feeling like home? And it's that, that line that we're constantly trying to kind of like remain on, you know?
1: yeah well for for someone who played all those games and also my wife who is a huge fan of those games you've you've nailed it for us anyway so you're you're right in that you hit the sweet spot (laughs) cheers artwork is obviously key very bright very colorful you've got these kind of crazy characters like the the way that you travel early on in the game is a massive rock monster throws you inside a ball and then another massive rock monster on the other side of the map catches you and puts you down and when that happened I just went no way like ha- who thought of that <laughs> like just all these crazy ideas come in like was those things that you've been thinking about as well from a kid like all those kind of yeah I would say unusual elements you know
0: uh, a lot of yeah, well, so a lot of it is kind of like a lifetime of just like, you know, when you're just talking with someone and some idea come up. And I, I, it just seems to me like I, I, I seem to have a lot of those like on the back burner. Um, and then everything just kind of comes together. Um, and, and and yeah, it's, it's not just like an excuse to string all those things together, but there definitely is like a very high amount of like just short windows of little things. And it's like, well, they make, they do make sense. So let's, let's kind of like build something around them uh, in the case of the, the, the traveling, the idea is, is always for us to, to one of the tenets that we have in, in design is anything we put in the interface we failed to put in the game. Uh, and so for everything to be more diegetic, right. To, to belong to the narrative, to be an actual part of the world. And so f- I mean, functionally, it's a fast travel, right? You could just open a menu, select another uh, place, and fade out and fade in. So then next, what maybe some visual effects can play on your character, and then you recompose on the other side. Oh, then maybe, maybe you have a cool runic circle on the ground that justifies the teleportation. And it's just like, well, if we keep taking this further, what's the most expensive thing we could do that would take it as far as it can go in terms of 2D art, you know? And and yeah, that that just that just sounded really cool it also narratively fits into the like old builders of the world they left these these kind of statues but yeah
1: I like the, I Like all the good games where, you, you know, you get sort of more and more unlocks and more and more characters and more moves and the weapons and everything just seems to be mm. nicely paced in that, you know, so this cool thing happens and then someone else joins your party and then you sort of go through a tutorial and then another character comes and then this, this new twist, which I'd never seen in a game before, where you can change night and day and you can kind of alter... Uh, the environment around you and then more i mean there's mini games that come there's the the fishing game i thought hang on you've built a fishing mini game inside this game like uh, how important was it to get that pacing right because you've got to keep people interested i guess not just for 20 minutes not just for two hours but but there's a lot of game here so how do you make sure Mm -hmm. you sort of drop in the new stuff as you go
0: yeah, yeah, well, you just said the keyword right there, pacing. It's it's the one thing. We also use rhythm from time to time, but pacing and, and rhythm is the is the one consideration that that supersedes everything that we do. And and I have I kind of have a a bit of a theory in my mind that any game review that you read, either from a player, uh, a journalist, whatever, is any any comments on the appreciation of a game is always commentary on level design. Because that's the craft that takes all the ingredients and tries to pace them, right? And tries to make it so that you will organically f- uh, teach yourself how to interact with this game. And that's also the craft that ensures that you stumble upon wow moments and click moments where you feel clever, you feel empowered, you feel challenged, but just enough. And it always comes down to, to level design. And I, don't, I can't really think of a game that wouldn't be improved by... You know uh, another iteration on level design and, and vice versa and, and so i think w- when it comes to to the way everything was paced in the game the the a guideline we tried to have was for things to be done before the player is. Of course, we have a, an intro that's that's a bit wordier because that's par for the course. You need your proper setting and you need to kind of earn your action to, to getting to be more in the action. But from that point on, we wanted all the dungeons to be slightly shorter than your expectation, you know, things like you get, that you mentioned, you get thrown and it's kind of like just cutting someone off who was talking and you're maybe thinking it's going to be this whole cutscene, but then it's just over. And we always try to surprise with timing in this way, uh, because you Yeah, I think that that's what keeps things engaging
1: that's something that made me laugh actually right at the beginning was when I think it's the archivist or the librarian character right at the start who's kind of telling the story about you know this one time this thing happened and then he leans around the chair and looks at you right in the eye that kind of thing Yeah. Uh, and that really made me laugh because it was kind of like a little wink like you, you know how mm. games like this start off um, so yeah, I thought yeah. that was really really cool um, can I talk about the link to because this isn't the first game that you've released and actually I think it's the messenger that you um, released yep. before this one and uh, yeah. for fans of that game there are little sort of throwbacks Mm. in Sea of Stars which obviously you don't have to have played the first game um, but Mm. that's got a sort of um, inspiration from retro games as well shall we say Um, I I guess this is just your kind of aesthetic this kind of world that you love but was it nice to set it in the same universe because that must have been quite cool just to keep keep your game in, in sort of your world and let us in absolutely
0: Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely, and that is part of what we're 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 building, you know, in terms of like all of our games will be in the same in the same universe. Awesome. Uh, it's not that we want to be reashing the same zones, you know, but it's just that narratively there, there's this whole big timeline over uh, millennia, and then we'll, we'll we'll kind of be oh we're here for this like great event that in some other game is just a myth, but now you're gonna see what actually happened, and you know, so. Um, you can think of a character like Garl, who you know how he is, you know, you know what, what he's like. But if you're 10,000 years in the future, maybe he's this legendary character and the statue looks nothing like him. Because it's the, the idea of him now and things like that. So, no, yeah, we're we we really we're really having a lot of fun with this this concept that things, they, they kind of feel more grounded. Um, yeah, I mean, and also the genre, th- talking to Messenger, it, it was... It's the the story of one ninja carries a scroll across an island, so it makes sense for that game to be a platformer because you, you're not going to do party-based battle and then have to tack on all these characters, whereas Sea of Stars is about a team of friends, and so it makes sense to have gameplay that supports, that lets you play all of them. Uh, but yeah, for us, it's like we, we take a genre, we kind of iron out what didn't really age well, we rethink how to bring it to new players and we make something we try to make something that's as good as our memory of those games you know yes and that, that so. do you know
1: what that is exactly like i went i've played retro games that have been revived and you know like perfect dark for my, one of my childhood mm. games 007 golden eye yeah. and when you play it even with the modern twist of the graphics you think it's not as good as i remember it being but the ga- mm. this is the game where if i had played it when i was a kid Playing it now, it's as good as I would have remembered all those games. Like, I'm I'm sure if I went to play Golden Sun now, I wouldn't enjoy it as Mm. much as the time because I've, Mm. I've, you know, I was a kid. But this is as if Mm. I'm playing those games. So maybe that's, for me, you've got it, but that's what it is. It's perfect in that sense. I love it. Wow. Okay. (laughs) Thank you. So I, you'll hate this question, but I've got to ask you, because now that we're fans, is there going to be any downloadable content for this game? Uh, and now that you've sort of built the mechanics and the universe, I'm guessing it wouldn't be super tough to do a Sea of Stars 2 in a few years' time. It probably wouldn't take like 10 years to get it all together or something, although I know you'll push oh, the boundary right, right. probably. But what, what are your, what's your sort of plans for, for Sea of Stars and maybe expanding the universe?
0: There is, uh, there is DLC for sure. Uh they, I actually pitched it already to uh to the, the core team. Uh so yeah, we're we're starting work on, on DLC for Sea of Stars. We don't have like any any dates yet on anything. Uh as far as a sequel, <clears throat> I mean they're there I, I kind of that's kind of the downside of having this world that you build for all your life is is yeah, I I have <laughs> I have up to seven, you know. And <laughs> but same so too with so too with Messenger, right? Uh but it then it's it's really but but there's also the next Thing that could be a completely new IP that we're also excited about, perhaps. And so, um, yeah, it's it's there is a bit of a, a of a job to do there of figuring out what's the next best action because we're not looking for scale as a studio. We have a team of 25, and we want to remain with that group and just make the best games that we can within reasonable amount of time. Uh, so it's not about like since we could expand, we will. So I. I I'd be surprised that the, our next move is Sea of Stars too, but it's 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 not off the table either. But DLC is for sure the next thing, though.
1: I suppose that I'll have to take that because that's always that's always pretty good. It's like kind of similar. Um, and uh, there was an ima- amazing announcement early on. I think it was day one. You had a hundred thousand, yeah. Uh, well, p- copies bought, which is incredible. And then that's mm-hmm. gone up to two hundred and fifty thousand, and it keeps going and going. Like, yeah. surely that is beyond. Any kind, I mean, you probably didn't have expectation, but that is amazing.
0: Yeah, yeah, oh, absolutely. Well, I mean, you you do sort of have expectation in terms of, like, what do we need within the first year to know that we're still afloat and we get to make a next project, basically? So we got that confirmation within the first week, which was amazing. Um, We also had, if you look at, because we're also on PlayStation Plus and, and, and Game Pass, Uh, So combining, I haven't checked in a week, but we were over 2 million players uh, already, you know, and so, yeah. And so the fact that the unit sold are there despite that, I think is also a very good data point for other developers cuz cuz you know often people wonder like hmm is it going to cannibalize the sales but it's like well you also get more conversation around it you get more streamers that just play the catalog and things like that and so at least in our in our estimation it seemed to it seemed to pay off in a nice way but yeah no the response has been phenomenal i mean the reviews the the feedback that we're getting from players uh, it's it feels very, very good, you know, after five years just in the submarine to kind of emerge and be like, oh yeah, oh, okay, cool, we'll go back in and try to make something else with that sort of, with that validation. So now it's it's a great moment for us right now.
1: No, we're enjoying it so much. And just, um, I suppose the final question is, um, if people are hearing this, and because I've talked about it on the podcast a lot, and I've encouraged people to play it, even just people who I meet, because if they, even if you if even if you don't like retro games, it, it's sort of got enough modern stuff in that you probably will enjoy it. But what do you hope people will kind of take away maybe long-term? Because what what I was finding was it kind of like, it like reignited a bit of that childhood kind of imagination for me. You know, it made, it made me sort of relive in, a fantasy world for, you know like Lord of the Rings you sort of you wish you were there kind of thing like some of this you you sort of wish you could just just for like a day just kind of go there and check it out and everything looked as colourful and as cool as that I guess that's one thing but what do you hope people will take overall from the game?
0: Well I think you just spoke to a lot of it right there but but uh, it's it's very much this this childlike you know just accept the proposition for something simple that just feels like a day off during your childhood you know uh, and that people can just be there and want to stay a while, you know, it kicks into even fishing or any mini-games. It's like the game has reasons to hang out in that world in case, you know, you've done the story, you've done it all, but you still want to, you know, play it again and just be, just have a reason, oh, I'll go play Wheels in that other city or whatever. Um, and so the, I, I think one thing is is that I'm hoping is a sense that the game belongs with like the games it's calling back to you know if if you've played lufia if you've played illusion of gaia if you played Chrono trigger golden sun everything that you're like yeah this is a worthwhile entry you know i I think that would be for me that's the ultimate sort of seal of approval you know
1: well i know that they're releasing golden sun again on the switch uh in a few months time i think so i'll play that but i'm not as excited anymore because i've kind of this is like scratch that itch now so it's awesome but (laughs) (laughs) oh wow great well thank you so much for talking to us we really appreciate it and uh yeah we'll obviously check the dlc out when it comes and uh, we'll keep an eye on future projects as well of course
0: great well thank you for your time
1: well thanks again to thierry boulanger and watch this space for that downloadable content also check out the messenger if you want to play more from sabotage studios and from thierry well that's it from this edition we'll see you on the next episode of the naked gaming podcast and do subscribe if you can and we'll catch you then